the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, the 19th chapter. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Gogolfa. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, The King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and he took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, 
came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good Friday has a way of making all of us feel uncomfortable. The darkness of Good Friday, along with that bloody cross, make us squirm. If we were to be honest, the cross of Jesus is painful to contemplate. Even individuals who have been desensitized to violence through violent movies and video games struggle with looking at the cross. And there are a whole lot of church denominations that are very, very adamant that crosses and churches should not have the figure of Jesus on them. These churches are opposed to crucifixes. In technical terms, they say that crosses should be bare and not have a corpus that is a body. They argue, Jesus is off the cross and risen from the dead. We should not use crucifixes. While this rationale makes sense to a point, I am still convinced that a huge reason for wanting an empty cross versus a crucifix is that empty crosses are tamer. Empty crosses are a little more sanitized. Empty crosses are a little easier to look at, whereas a cross with a bloody Messiah makes our heads turn to the side and our faces cringe. But why is there such difficulty, my friends, with Dark Good Friday? Why such difficulty with a bleeding Savior upon a cross? Why does this Good Friday service grab our hearts in such a profound way? Dear friends, the answer is that the death of Jesus is no ordinary death. The darkness of Good Friday is no ordinary darkness. It would be ordinary if Jesus were dying on the cross for a wrong that he had committed. That is to say, if Jesus was on that cross for something that he had done wrong, well, we could shrug our shoulders and say, well, you know, that's too bad, but I guess he got what was coming, and then we could go on our way. But this is not the case for Jesus and his death. Dear friends, the death of Christ is no ordinary death, and it is no ordinary darkness, and here is why. Look and realize that the wounded, bloodied, and crucified Christ did not suffer on the cross for a single wrong that he had done, but rather the bloody cross and that darkness were because of you and me. Yes, he was on the cross because of us. That is why it is no ordinary death and why it is no ordinary darkness. You see, on that cross, the totality of human sin, 
from the first sin of Adam and Eve to the very last sin of the last human being alive, all of it was gathered up together, pressed together, and then loaded right on Jesus while he hung on that cross. When everything turned dark, Jesus, he bore the whole weight of it, and he owned it as if it was his. And so Jesus, he experienced both temporal and eternal death because of you and because of me too. This is why, my friends, this is why it is tough to look at the crucifix. It is tough to look at the bloody cross with the bloody Savior because it is hard to accept the truth of our sin. It is very difficult to accept the fact that he is there because of the sin that we have committed in thought, word, and deed. The wounds, the nails affixed to his hands and his feet, the blood running down his face from the thorns are because of us, because of our sin. His mutilated back rubbing against that tree as he is forced to push upwards to take that breath is because of us. It's because of us and because of our sin. Jesus' whole life, his whole life was all of love. It was only love. He was the only human being who completely loved the Father with all that he had, and he loved his neighbor as himself. However, this perfect life ended at that cross because of you and me. And so tonight, we find ourselves lowering our heads, our eyes drop to the side, shame sets in, And we shake our head because we know that Jesus suffered and died on that cross because of each and every one of us. Now, dear baptized saints, while it is hard to look through the darkness to the bleeding Savior on the cross, tonight I must tell you that it is good and it is right to do so. Hard to look at the cross? Yes, Indeed, it is very hard to look at the cross. Good to look at the cross? Yes, as well. It is good to look at the cross. In fact, this night we must lift our heads, we must open our eyes and gaze through the darkness upon the suffering servant on the cross. We must fall on our knees before this image of Jesus bleeding. We must ponder this picture of the suffering and crucified Savior. But why should we look at something that is hard to look at, such as Christ crucified? Baptized saints, we must gaze upon the crucified Christ because it is a picture of the Lord's love for you. Because Jesus is love, this loving Savior will not leave sinners in sin. And so the bloody cross with a bloody Savior is the most dramatic display of God's love ever. God's love for you is shown in the cross. Yes, Jesus, who is perfect love, takes sin upon himself. Jesus, who is perfect love, is wounded to grant us healing. The dark and bloody cross is love towards you and me. And so, tonight, tonight we beg the Lord to imprint Yes, imprint this image of Christ crucified on our hearts and on our minds. To imprint it, to engrave it upon our hearts and our minds. 
to lift our chin so that we may behold it, to hear about it, to ponder it, so that we might carry this image with us every single day, wherever we go. We pray that the Lord would engrave this picture of Christ crucified upon us so that it can be before our eyes in the moment of our deaths. You see, when the moment of your death comes upon you, the devil, yes, the devil, he will press you, my friends. The devil will shake you and he will press you. At the moment of your death, the devil will seek his last chance to snatch you away from God forever. And he has a powerful weapon to use. During your everyday lives, you see, during your everyday lives, the cunning serpent, what he does is he minimizes your sin and he tries to lure you into that sin with temptation. He downplays the seriousness of sin. However, at death, the opposite happens. At the end of your life, the devil then maximizes your sins in your memory to bring you to despair. Yes, when death is coming for you, the devil will happily set up the projector in your mind and replay to you the many sins that you have forgotten over and over and over to press you. The devil, he will taunt you that you are not a Christian. He will declare to you at the end of your life that you are unfit for the kingdom of God. He will tell you that you are his and that by your sin that you have committed that you belong to the kingdom of darkness. All those sins will be playing over and over and over in your mind as you are struggling in death. And that is precisely why it is vital for us to gaze upon Christ and him crucified this evening. This is why it is so important that we lift up our chins and look through that darkness to Jesus hanging on that cross. This is why it is so essential in this life to look upon Christ crucified of first importance. This is why it is so important to behold our Savior's wounds and to hold them close to our hearts, counting them as our most precious treasure. This is why the image of Christ crucified needs to be imprinted on our minds and our hearts. So in the hour of your death, yes, so in the hour of your death, Christ crucified will be your only weapon against the despair of the enemy. You will be able to look at all of your sins as the accuser brings them before your eyes, and you will be able to acknowledge that they are indeed awful and wrong. However, against the devil's accusation, against him pressing against you, you have something far greater. You have Christ crucified. Yes, we can admit before the devil that Jesus is on the cross because of us. However, we can also confess boldly that Jesus is on the cross precisely because of us. He is there because he loves you and he loves me too. He is there because there must be an end to sin and death and the devil. He is there because he cannot tolerate sin, but yet he chose to do something about it for you and for me. Baptized saints, the dying Savior he shatters the devil's accusations, all of the accusations, all of your sin. Yes, all of your sins are shattered because they were atoned for at the cross. The blood of Jesus blotted out every single sin that you have ever committed or ever will. And so the devil cannot contend with Christ's blood. Awful, 
as your sins are, each one has been paid for. Every single sin has been paid for. They are covered by the innocent blood of Jesus, the blood of your Savior, who loves each and every one of you. So tonight, we lift up our heads. We look into the darkness without fear. We look upon the crucified one with confidence. And as we consider our crucified Savior, we ask the Lord to imprint this image on our minds and our hearts so that we might have the sure confidence that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, has proved himself as our dearest friend by dying for all of our sins, making you and me his forever. We lift up our chins. We open our eyes. We look into the darkness. And we behold Christ crucified for the forgiveness of all of our sins. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.